The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, and welcome to Know The Score. I'm your host, Don Delorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, the Libra icon, Dwayne. What's going on, Dwayne? Not much. Happy bad. Preseason in full swing. It's starting to feel like fall again. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. We're going to be previewing the NFC North and the AFC North, and to help us out to do that this week, we are joined by our first-time guest on Know The Score. Hi, Miss Jade to the Max. What's going on, Jade? Good morning. How are you? From sunny Southern California. <laughs> uh, everything going well with you? Everything is well. Good, good. Glad that you could join us early in, on, on a sun, sunny California morning for you. Thanks for having me. No problem. Know the Score is a CSPN production. You can find us on the web at www.cspn.us. So we're going to start with the NFC North, and we're going to talk about Jade to the Max favorite team, the Chicago Bears. Now, have the, a love-hate relationship. <laughs> <laughs> the Chicago Bears, they added receiver Allen Robinson, tight end Trey Burton, receiver Taylor Gabriel, linebacker Aaron Lynch, Kicker Cody Parker, quarterback Chase Daniel, and all importantly, new head coach Matt Nagy. Their key losses were outside linebacker Pernell Mafee, uh, outside linebacker Willie Young, guard Josh Sitton, wide receiver Cam Meredith, inside linebacker Jarrell Freeman, quarterback Mike Lennon, and head coach John Fox. Their key draftees were inside linebacker Roquan Smith center and guard James Daniels, and wide receiver Anthony Miller. So last year, Jade, you guys drafted Mitchell Trubisky to help turn the franchise around as the, what did you guys have, number two pick in the draft? That was our first pick, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, y'all had number one pick, so Mitchell Trubisky went number one. So, and I'm still annoyed about that. But, okay, so yeah. after one season, <laughs> after he got to start like half the games, what do you think about Mitchell Trubisky going into this season? I think the Bears front office needs to be slapped. Um, (laughs) We have like 10 million wide receivers and nobody to throw to them. So, uh, I mean, I think he has potential, but I mean, this is the Bears we're talking about. So, yeah. Well, this is why I have a love-hate relationship with them because they're dumb. If Mitchell Trubisky actually pans out to be a good quarterback, he'll be like the fourth best quarterback in the whole history of the Chicago Bears. Because there's like Sid Luckman, Jim McMahon, um, my man uh, Jay Cutler, and then it would be Mitchell Trubisky. Who? Jay Cutler. <laughs> yeah. You think he was one of the top quarters? Well, we are talking about the Bears. Yeah, for, for just the yeah. Bears franchise. Specifically, and, yeah, <laughs> specifically for yeah. the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> We don't have a large pool to choose from. Yeah, the Bears are like the Redskins. They they don't really they have like all this history, but they don't really have a history of having really good quarterbacks. Like think about the 49ers. They went from Joe Montana to Steve Young. Like, that's great fortune. Yeah. Or the Packers. They went from 
you know, Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Like, man, you don't, you know. Or the Carolina Panthers who went from Kerry Collins to Steve Berline. So I think y'all are just fine. Oh, man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love my team, come on, man. So, like you said, you guys um, have tried to basically fill up on all these receiver positions. Like you added Allen Robinson, you added Tyler Gabriel um, to go along with Jordan Hayward, the running back, Tariq Cohen, uh, the backup one-two duo that showed a lot of promise together last year, even though John Fox was running kind of an old-school offense for the current NFL. Hey, you see where that got him. Exactly. Fired. So that's what I'm going to ask you next. How do you feel about your new coach, Matt Nagy? He's coming over from Kansas City, so he's going to have a whole bunch of, you know, variations and, and uh, different types of offensive schemes and ske- mm-hmm. and things to show you this year. So are you excited about your new head coach? I'll say this. Every time I get excited about the Bears, they let me down. So I'm not going to get too excited. I'll give them like three or four games, see how they do, then I'll get excited. I mean, I, I don't expect us to go to the playoffs, but um, I think that the new coach, I mean, he might, I think he'd be a good fit for Trubisky. Um, like I said, Trubisky does have potential. Um, you know, I think with all the changes that the Bears have made in this offseason, um, that he has he has room to uh how do I put this nicely? Um I'll just say he has potential. I don't wanna be negative. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he's got room to grow. Like he's a young quarterback, you know, so um and he's still this is his second year. He's still still developing, still learning. Um, but I think with the new coach, um, and like you said, the last coach was running like a really old school offense and, you know, and it, it didn't fit with the current state of the NFL right now. So uh, with this new coach, I think that uh, Trubisky, he might, he might do well. He, he, he might have a few surprises. He might impress me. Okay. Okay. This year, so. Dwayne. He's got, re- he's got receivers. So, so hopefully um, there's some chemistry there and they can get some things done on the field. What about your offensive line? Do you like your offensive line? He's got enough protection. Well, considering that Jay Cutler constantly got sacked, um, I would just, I mean, we, we can't get any worse. Um, I think with who we drafted um, and who we picked up, I think it should be good. Um, I unfortunately haven't got, didn't get a chance to see the game, um, the preseason game um, on Thursday. I know we lost, uh, but I think that, I think the boys just need to keep working at it um, and just find their groove uh, again, I think our front office needs to retire, but, um, but with, with what we've got now, I think we've got, we've got a potential to win more than four games this season. Okay. So, so Dwayne, I'm going to bring you in, you know, the bears have long been built on their defense. Uh, so they did lose some really key pieces on their defense, especially a uh, Pernell McPhee. Uh, so talk about kind of, you know, Nagy coming in new coach. Of course, we talked a bunch last week about new coaches, new regime, but the Bears, especially on defense, their defense was really good last year. Uh, it's just they just didn't score enough points, and you know it had key turnovers from a rookie quarterback in the uh, key situations, and that's really how they lost most of their games. But they were very competitive through their defense. So just talk about how losing McPhee and Willie Young is going to hurt them. Uh, you know, this year coming in with a new coach. Well, yeah, it's going to hurt them in terms of they lose that leadership, that veteran presence, and it also affects them in terms of, you know, Jarrell Freeman was a 
uh, tackling machine uh, from his days uh, in Indianapolis when he wasn't suspended. He was pretty effective. I And when you have a defensive-minded coach, um, including probably one of the worst games I ever saw last year, maybe depending on how you look at it, uh, when the Bears beat the Panthers without scoring a single offensive touchdown, that was pretty awful, but that was kind of the epitome of how the how it was for the for the Bears last season. But um but when you have a coach that was used to that's defensive minded anyway and his offensive philosophy was play to punt the ball, um it kind of is gonna be a refreshing and refreshing focal point because I think the Bears, they've lived off the Monsters of the Midway defensive moniker for almost 30 years now, and I think it's time to change the philosophy and focus it more on a evolving offense. And you got a young quarterback in Trubisky. You have a, you have a um, dynamic running back in Tariq Cohen. Shout out to A&T, uh, Aggie Pride. Um, you got receivers now, so... I think now you might on the defensive side you when you lose that when you lose that uh, veteran leadership somebody's gonna have to really step it up. I think they might give up a little bit more points, but I think the offense may be built to score more points. So that's kind of like an even trade off. I think they want to change that identity from more defensive focused team to an offensively focused team, and and uh, even with the you know, you had Jay Cutler, who was a pretty, um, you know, statistically he had he had the probably the most yards in Bears history, but uh, he was still under suffocating under John Fox's coaching, so that did not help. I think it probably been a different story if he had a more offensive minded coach, but I think even with offensive minded coaching, it did not work well. See Mark Trestman, but. Um, I, I I think the there's an optimism in Chicago. I'm not going to put them on the pedestal like I did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year because we all know how that turned out. But we'll we'll see how it goes from there. All right. Now we're going to talk about, uh, Jade, you're familiar with this person because you watch a lot of SEC football. Their number one draft pick from Georgia inside linebacker Roquan Smith, tackling machine. But they had some issues with him getting into camp because of some language with their afraid of – He's such a tackling machine and such a reckless player that he may, uh, you know, acquire a lot of fines with the new tackling rules that we have in the NFL. So talk about your excitement, Jade, for uh, adding Roquan Smith to your defense. Young player, exciting player, should cause a lot of havoc. Jade, you still there? I'm here. Sorry, I was on mute. Um, I, uh, Never been concerned about the Bears' defense. Um, like Dwayne said, the Bears have always been a defensive-minded uh, team. But um, with with regards to Roquan Smith, I feel like uh, every year the NFL comes up with these new rules. Um, just I mean, just let them play, you know. Um, but I'm excited um, to have you know somebody from the SEC on the team. I'm not a fan of Georgia, but uh, we'll take them. 
Um, he was a defensive player of the year, um, pretty elite player. Um, so he's a great addition to our defense. I'm sorry. He's a, just a, I'm excited to see him play. I'm excited to see him in action. Um, yeah. All right. So that is the Chicago Bears. So we're going to shift over to the Detroit Lions. Their key additions were tight end Levon Tiliolo, running back LeGarrette Blunt, defensive tackle Sylvester Williams, tight end Luke Wilson, cornerback Deshaun Sheed, linebacker Devin Kennard, linebacker Christian Jones, and head coach Pat Patricia. Their key losses were tight end Eric Ebron, defensive tackle Haloti Nada, linebackers Ahir Whitehead, cornerback DJ Hayden, tight end Darren Fells, and head coach Jim Caldwell. Their key rookies, center Frank Raganow and running back Carrion Johnson. So Detroit coming off a, a coaching change. Um, they were really close to making the playoffs last year, but of course they lost all of their close games, and usually that comes down to coaching. So Jim Caldwell, no matter how popular he was and how much Matthew Stafford liked him, uh, he got fired. So we're going to bring Dwayne in to start with Detroit. Uh, Pat Patricia coming in from the Patriots, um, defensive-minded coach. Detroit has been pretty strong on defense past couple of years. How do you think that this is going to affect Matthew Stafford now, who may have a coach that may be a little bit more conservative uh, with the way that the play calls come in and may not take him being as reckless with the football as we know that Matthew Stafford can be? Well, because Matthew Stafford is reckless with the football, he's probably thrown more times than – his career since 09 than anybody else. I think this might actually help him because, you know, you want to kind of save that arm for the, for when it counts the most. But I kind of think that they're going to take a step back with the defense, even with the defensive minor head coach. Have you seen the Patriots defense over the last few years under Matt Patricia? It's not been that great. So, um, and we all know that every single time that a team gets a coach from the Patriot coaching tree, it never works out. Look at Romeo Cornell, prime example. Charlie Weiss, he couldn't even win at Kansas, and Kansas college football is horrible. So I'm kind of, yeah, I'm thinking they're going to take a step backwards a little bit because even with this conservative offense, um, you did not replace – Eric Ebron with a good tight end. I mean, Atlanta fans literally called Toyolo toilet. So, <laughs> so how is this going to help Eric Ebron, who had stone hands himself, with somebody who also has stone hands? So, I'm going to just say pretty much that this is going to be a very interesting uh, transition in Detroit. Um, uh, I mean, unless you get, I really think unless you get a Bill Belichick and not a Bill Belichick disciple, you'll be successful. Um, you lose one of your top tacklers in the NFL uh, to hear Whitehead. Uh, you lose Haloti Nada along on the defensive side. So two big pieces in that defense, plus um, the fact that the Patriots defense, I mean, they gave up 40 one points in the Super Bowl, and they gave up a lot of points most of the season. So it's going to be really depending on health and if, you know, health and a little bit of luck in Detroit. 
All right, Miss Jade to the max. I'm going to bring you in because you know your division better than anybody else. What is, I would hope so. What are your uh, thoughts on just Detroit Lions as a team? When you when your team gets ready to play them, like who are the players that you're like, man, I hate playing Detroit because this player always does well. Or mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I like when we play Detroit because I know we're going to make this player look bad. Kind of what are your feelings about Detroit? Um, Pretty much any team that plays the Bears makes the Bears look bad. So I can't really say that um, there's any one particular person on the Detroit Lions that I don't like um i do enjoy watching us play the lions um it's for me it's always a fun game to watch um but i think that um i mean stafford's a he's a he's a good quarterback um i think that with um you know the changes that they i think detroit has a lot of potential um this season to uh i mean not considering how they played in their preseason game um but i think they may have um potential to make the playoffs this season. Um, I know they have uh, two of their players, uh, Alex Barrett and uh, Miles Kilbrew, have uh, changed positions. Um, so that might be um, uh, good for their defense, help their, de- you know, kind of help them get out of a rut there. Um, but the Lions and the Bears, um, I mean, I don't hate the, ty- the um, Lions. I only hate the Packers. Um, so, it's a, like I said, it's always a fun game to watch. Um, and both teams have made a lot of changes this season. So it's kind of like starting fresh almost. So uh, it's like seeing, you know, two completely new or completely, uh, yeah, completely new teams uh, kind of battle it. I think we got a chance uh, with uh, with our new players. Uh, like I said, Trubisky, I think he's going to do, do pretty well this year. Um, so that'll be a good game to watch. I'm looking forward to that one. All right. This is Know the Score. We are reviewing the NFC North currently. We are found on the CSPN. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and uh, Google Play as well. So we're going to get into the team that Jade hates the most, the Green Bay Packers. (laughs) Their key key additions. Snack pack. (laughs) Key additions, tight end, Jimmy Graham. Defensive tackle Muhammad Wilkinson, quarterback Deshaun Kaiser, tight end Mercedes Lewis, and defensive coordinator Mike Pettin. Their key losses, wide receiver Jordy Nelson, cornerback Demarius Randall, safety Morgan Burnett, wide receiver Jeff Janis, tight end Richard Rogers, and defensive coordinator Dom Capers. Their key rookies are cornerback Jahiri Alexander and cornerback Josh Jackson. So, Jade, you, since you... uh talked about your disdain for the Packers. I'll just let you go off on why the Packers are the team that you hate the most. Everybody in Chicago hates the Packers. Um, Just the longstanding rivalry, but I think more so within the last few years, we hate them more because they just keep beating us. Um, So I don't know that it's even a rivalry anymore. (laughs) Um, It's just hate. Uh, But it's something about the Packers, um, you know, as much as I hate them, I have to give them credit. They have a lot of team chemistry. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal quarterback. Um, and they just, I don't know, they've just got something like, you know, there have been times when I'm watching them play us and we'll be up and it's like, oh, the Packers are totally going to lose this game and just out of nowhere, they just rally. And I don't know, man, the Bears are just like a, either we're a first half team or a second half team or we just don't play at all. Um, but um, I think with, 
who they had, you know, with their their pickups, their draft picks. I think they're just they're going to be really uh, they're going to be good. Aaron Rodgers, as long as Rodgers stays healthy. Um, so I think that hopefully the Bears can win at least one game against them this year. Um, I won't hold my breath on that one, but uh, <laughs> the Bears just make me so sad, and just none of my teams are that good. I need new teams. Um, but, uh, you know, they've got, like I said, the packages have insane chemistry, um, and, you know, the veterans, uh, with the rookies, they're, they, 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 they're, they're going to be good this year. Okay. Yeah. I think a lot of people are looking forward to Aaron Rodgers coming back. Um, you know, he got injured and missed a lot of the season with the broken collarbone last year. Mm -hmm. Um, Dwayne, we're going to talk about the Packers defensive Lee, because they made changes. Uh, Dom Capers, longtime defensive coordinator, he is out, and they're bringing in Mike Pettin. Um, so talk about what you think the Packers' defense, how that's going to look. Uh, their secondary, though, it looks like they're coming of age. Clinton Ha-Ha Dix looks like he's rounding into, you know, uh, becoming a smarter football player and not just using his talents. And last year he had a career year for himself. So talk about the switch on defense and how that may affect the Packers and uh, improve them, or do you think they're going to take a step back? Um, I think with the addition of Mike Patton, who's a very decent defensive coordinator, I kind of liken him to what North Turner when it comes to being a coordinator and not a head coach. Uh, We saw his disastrous tenure in Cleveland. Um, Well, actually, it wasn't too bad. They've kind of finished strong. They had more wins than Hugh Jackson did, Um, but we'll get to the Browns in a second. But, um... I like the addition of Mike Patton. Uh, if you really look at how successful the the New York Jets were early on in the Rex Ryan um, era, the that team was built on defense, and a guy that knows that philosophy is Muhammad Wilkerson, and that's one reason why the uh, Packers brought brought him in uh, to plug that plug that uh, hole up front. You know, be a good run stopper. Um, I think health was an issue too. Uh, not only was Hassan Haha Clayton Dix really the uh, top guy on the team. I mean, he had no choice because the rest of the secondary was out with um, injuries, and so adding adding youth, getting rid of uh, Morgan Burnett and and uh, Demarius Randall, um, kind of helps out the team because you get you get young guys who are who are ball hawks and ready to ready to play and and you know Clint Dix is going to have to be the leader of the secondary. Uh, they still have a healthy Clay Matthews. Whenever he's a healthy, he's effective. Except when he's trying to guess what plays that the quarterback's trying to call. Um, but I think aside from that, this team is better on defense. Uh, I think. As long as they stay healthy, they should have a better, better time protecting leads for Aaron Rodgers in that offense. Um, and I think probably the biggest winner here is Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, he went from he went from um, 04 in Cleveland to being Aaron Rodgers' backup. That's kind of an, of an upgrade. So shout out to him, Jade. I want to bring you in for a good levity question here. Um, who has okay. the better hair, Clay Matthews or AJ Styles? That's a tough one. 
I love Clay Matthews hair. But AJ Styles hair just looks like L'Oreal perfect. Like, you know the commercial where the women are like, you know, if you use L'Oreal or whatever hair, head and shoulders, your hair look like this. That's like AJ Styles. But man, it's I don't perfect know. perfect slow motion. It is. AJ Styles, gets he catches so much wind and it's just so bouncy. And <laughs> I don't know. Like, maybe because Clay Matthews has like helmet hair. But like when he doesn't, I don't know. That's a hard one. All right. <laughs> toss up. Toss the coin. Toss up. Time. I would, you know what? AJ Styles probably has a better blow dryer. That's what it is. Okay. All right. AJ Styles with a slight edge with the products. So. Yeah. All yeah. Right. He uses the right stuff. You know, he's got probably got his coconut oil and all that <laughs> stuff in there. Moroccan oil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got a nice shine. Look good body. There you go. See. We're gonna move, right. we're gonna move on to the team who won the division last year, the Minnesota Vikings. Their key additions were quarterback Kirk Cousins, defensive tackle Shelton Richardson, quarterback Trevor Simeon. Their key losses: running back Jarrett McKinnon, wide receiver Jarius Wright, quarterback Case Keenum, quarterback Sam Bradford, quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, cornerback Tremaine Brock, and their key rookies: cornerback Mike Hughes. Offensive tackle Brian O'Neill and defensive end Jalen Holmes. So Minnesota uh, took everybody on a cool ride last year for Minnesota. They got to the NFC Championship game. They fell a little bit short against Philly, um, and they made some major changes. They lost their whole quarterback room, and they brought in Kirk Cousins on their uh, big deal, eighty million dollars guaranteed. Uh, they lost their running back and Jarek McKinnon, who was filling in last year for injured Dalvin Cook. So we can add Dalvin Cook to the additions as he's coming back off of an ACL tear. Um, Jade, the Minnesota Vikings last year were the class of the division. Um, a lot of people have, you know, been about their off their defense the past few years. Their defense has been really good. But last year, Case Keenum, you know, brought their offense to heights that they hadn't seen in a while. So what do you expect to see out of Minnesota this year with Kirk Cousins? And uh, do you um, think that he's an upgrade from Case Keenum? So the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken, finished last season uh, 13 and three, which is, you know, nothing to, uh, you know, um, I mean, that's that that was really great. Um, um, so that's nothing to like balk at. But I, I guess my concern is or my question was, you know, why? why the change with, um, you know, I mean, I, I guess Kirk Cousins is an upgrade. I, I don't know. Um, but like you said, a lot of the teams in the NFC North have been so focused on their defense. Um, and Minnesota seems to focus more on their offense. Um, I think you need to have a balance of both. But I think um, with Kirk Cousins, they're, they, I mean, thinking about the quarterbacks in the division, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Kirk Cousins, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I don't know that I would call it an upgrade. Um, we'll have to see what he does because if he goes, you know, six and ten, then obviously it's not an upgrade. Um, right. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm just a firm believer. Like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, so I mean, I guess we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Okay. Now the way I'll bring you in on Minnesota, um, their their defense there in the second half of the Philly game really let them down. As, uh, oh, yeah. as you know, Philly just started, um, you know, running the ball on them and they could not stop the run. So, um, 
you know, they've tried to upgrade that by bringing in Shelton Richardson to try to, you know, anchor the middle of the line back down. Um, we know that Mike Zimmer is, you know, a really good defensive minded coach. Do you think they've made enough additions on defense and, and maybe uh, maybe some scheme changes where they won't, you know, be so susceptible in that late game failure like they were last year? I think they just ran into a bad day. I mean, they were successful for 17 games, well, 13, 16 games in America, 113 and three. And then we know the miracle in, we know the miracle in uh, Minneapolis with the Saints and everything. That was that wild finish. Uh, but I think it was just a case they ran into a juggernaut that was the Philadelphia Eagles last year. I mean, that, that was one of the, you know, I, I'd also think doing the skull chant on the Rocky Steps was a bad idea. But hey, do your thing. Um, and I think that Carmen just came back to haunt Mikey's fans doing the. You don't disrespect Rocky like that. I'm sorry, um, <laughs> but um, but if you really look at it, the this was a good, an excellent defensive team. I mean, I definitely run their fantasy coaches to a title, so I can attest to that, but um, the, I think adding Sheldon Richardson is a, is a uh, improvement. I think they'll improve their late game management and, you know, let the very sour taste in their mouths. Uh, I think that on the offensive side, you know, Kirk Cousins, the God in Minneapolis, uh, I think they now put their whole faith into him. Uh, I don't know why they would keep a guy that led him to a 13-3 record in Case Keenum, but, you know, I wanted this by my business over here, so I'm not paying the big bucks to make these decisions. Um, but on the defensive side, that, I think this is an improvement. Um, I think, we you know, one – they usually say one game doesn't define a season. I think the way they ended, the way the running game just gashed, the Eagles running game just gashed that defense. Um, it kind of did define their offseason. So making these improvements will help out an already excellent defense, and we'll just have to see how it goes from there. All right. Now, what I'll be looking for, especially with Kirk Cousins, is – since I have intimate knowledge of what he did well for us and what he didn't do for us is he's a great quarterback from the 20 to the 20. I will be interested to see how many field goals and how many drives end up in touchdowns for Minnesota once they get inside the red zone. Because I think the reason that Kirk Cousins didn't get paid for the Redskins was his numbers were great, but he we left a lot of points out there and we lost a lot of games where, man, if we would have got a touchdown there instead of a field goal, we probably would have won this game. And that kind of comes down to the quarterback in that situation. So I'll be really tuned in to see uh, Minnesota, um, you know, what their touchdown percentages are in the red zone for this upcoming season. So we're at the end of our NFC North preview. So at this point, I'm going to ask Jade. You don't have to give me a record, but just tell me who do you think is going to finish first, second, third, so on, and who do you think is going to go to the playoffs out of this division? Uh, as much as I love the Bears, I think we're not, we're going to finish last in the division. Um, I think as long as, like I said, as long as Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, um, the Packers have the potential to 
uh, I think between the Packers and the Vikings to finish uh, number one uh, in the division. Um, and then the Bears just at the bottom. My poor guys. <laughs> they don't stand a chance. All right. Uh, Dwayne, your uh, finishing order for the NFC North. Uh, finishing order for the NFC North. Um, I had a Kirk Cousins thought, but it just slipped my mind. My mic was on me, so sorry. Um, but my order, I will have to say Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, and Detroit. I'm so honored. <laughs> I, you I have think, more faith in my team than I do. <laughs> hey, I think the Bears, look, I was high on Trubisky and the only reason why I really he really didn't get a chance was because he had the fossil John Fox as a head coach. I know about that all too well. Um, John Fox was the Panthers head coach for all those years. Thanks for the Super Bowl loss, but whatever. Um, but I think I think if um, if he gets if this offense clicks and stays healthy with uh, Trubisky, um, Howard, Cohen. Robinson and all those guys, you know, they might be able to do some damage. And you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go playoff high, but you know, I think they could go nine and seven at least. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Minnesota again, uh, being the best team in the division with the Packers close behind them. Um, and then I think Detroit and the Bears, you could flip flop them. However, whoever wins the most games between them, uh, when they go head to head, if they split, then I would take the Bears just because I think their quarterbacking and their team is on the uprise where Detroit is kind of in the midst of getting ready to maybe do like a whole overhaul. Uh, so um, that's kind of my prediction. I think Minnesota is going to retain the uh, top spot and the Packers are going to be close behind them. So I think they may get two oh. teams. I have my Kirk Cousins on. I'm sorry. So, Kirk Cousins, not only does he have to score in the red zone, he needs to beat winning teams. He's not good against teams that have above 500 records. That's what my thought was. Okay, yep, yep. That's another thing as well. Big big games, big time games against big time teams and big time defenses. Yeah, so we'll know if that was more of a Jay Gruden thing or if it was a Kirk Cousins thing. Uh, for you know, fans of the Washington football team, uh, once he's outside of that bubble, so that'll be interesting. Good, good point, Dwayne. Another score this week is being brought to you by Amazon.com. Please head over to Amazon through CSPN.us. Go to CSPN.us. Click on the tab that says "Keep, keep the Podcast Free." Click on that tab, and then the very first link you'll get to will be Amazon. Do your shopping like you normally would, and some of your purchase will come back to the CSPN to help keep Know the Score free each and every week. So CSPN and Amazon.com do it today. We're going to shift over to the AFC North. We're going to talk about first the Baltimore Ravens. They added receiver Michael Drabtree, receiver John Brown, and receiver Willie Sneed. They also picked up quarterback Robert Griffin III. Their key losses, wide receiver Mike Wallace, Wide receiver Michael Campanero, wide receiver Jeremy Macklin, center Ryan Jensen, tight end Benjamin Watson, running back Danny Woodhead, and safety Ladarius Webb. Their key rookies were tight end Hayden Hurst, quarterback Lamar Jackson, and offensive tackle Orlando Brown. So last year, the 
Baltimore Ravens found themselves in a very unfamiliar position outside of the playoffs as John Harbaugh had been one of the most consistent coaches to start a career. I think he'd been in playoffs like every season uh, since he'd been a head coach. Uh, uh, Joe Flacco fell off the cliff last year. They had a lot of injuries on offense and defense as well. Terrell Suggs missed a lot of the season with a, a torn uh, Achilles. So I'm going to bring uh, Dwayne in to start out. They got a lot of excitement with Lamar Jackson in the fold, but hopefully for Baltimore, they don't have to see him at all this year. Joe Flacco, you know, returns back to his, you know, winning ways. They made a lot of changes at the receiver position this year. So talk about what you see from the uh, Baltimore's offense. They've always been a team that's kind of been a little lackluster when it comes to the receiver position, even when they were winning and having success. So what do you think this new crop of receivers will bring to their franchise? Well, the sun is setting on the Joe Flacco era in Baltimore. <laughs> Just the look of how Joe Flacco was looking at Lamar Jackson in that one picture. Ooh, boy, he knew his time was coming to an end, and it's coming to an end pretty soon. But uh, don't forget RG3 is there too. So, you know, good good for RG3 to be back on the field um, after all he's been through. So, um, but to answer the question about the receivers, so I think this is probably the best receiving core that the Ravens have had in their existence. And, you know, they've been in existence since 1996. So, um, 22 years, they actually got guys who, more than one guy who can actually do a lot of damage. I mean, yeah, they had Steve Smith for a few years. Uh, that was probably one of their best acquisitions in the receiver position, but uh, as a collective, uh, this is a great group of receivers. Um, they'll be able to get, you know, whoever the quarterback is, whether it's Flacco, Griffin, or Jackson, they'll be able to um, get him a lot of yards after the catch. I know Willie Steed was very good for that during his time with Drew Brees in New Orleans. Uh, Michael Crabtree's, uh, he's got a nose for the end zone. And and so there's a lot of a lot of good um, good guys here for for um, Flacco to succeed, you know, especially with the sun setting on his you know time in Baltimore. I mean, the writing's on the wall. You don't you don't get a first round pick at and Lamar Jackson to keep him on the bench, but. Um, I think it's going to be a very interesting season to see what Flacco does with these these weapons that he has at his disposal, and it's really going to be up to him at this point. Does he, if he doesn't, you know, do anything with these weapons? I mean, he had a lot of success without a lot of weapons, so it's only fair to see if he can improve and not let the fact that a first round pick is trying to take a spot. All right. Jade, as a fan of football, just what do you see when you watch Baltimore Ravens uh, football games? Uh, you know what excites you about their team. Uh, I know as a, you know an outsider, you don't know you know mm-hmm. as many as the ins and outs. But when you watch them, what is your perception of you know their franchise? Mm-hmm. Um, they're really uh, they're an interesting team to watch because they they they're it's very competitive. I mean, you just watch them play the Steelers. That's just such a nasty rivalry there. Um, and it just carries over into when they play other teams, too, which is good. They're a very intense team. Um, but I think that, um, like Dwayne said, uh, 
it, it it's it's winding down for Joe Flacco. Um, I think that there are some players that are just kind of flying under the radar who have a lot of potential to actually um, carry this team, um, including um, Hayden Hurst. Um, you've also got um, Orlando Brown Jr., like you said. Um, I mean, these are uh, you have Chris Moore, um, although he's not like a starter, but um, he. He has the potential to um, make Flacco look good. I'll say that. Um, and then again, Lamar Jackson. So I think um, while, yes, it is up to Joe Flacco, you know, what he can do. I um, also think these players, um, I mean, that's part of being a part of the team. But I think these, you know, these players that people just aren't necessarily looking for to um, really do much. I think those are the ones that are really going to um, be a surprise this season for a, or quote unquote surprise this season for a, for the Ravens. All right. Next, we're going to move up to the Cincinnati Bengals. Their key additions were linebacker Preston Brown, offensive lineman Corey Glenn, defensive tackle Chris Baker, quarterback Matt Barkley. Their key losses, center Russell Bodine, running back Jeremy Hill, quarterback A.J. McCarron, offensive lineman Andre Smith, and defensive end Chris Smith. Their key rookies, center Billy Price, safety Jesse Bates, linebacker Malik Jefferson. So Cincinnati Bengals um, coming off a very disappointing season last year. Everybody thought that maybe they would be a a sleeper team to kind of really contend for the division last year and maybe, you know, really be a threat in the playoffs. But Marvin Lewis still has that, you know, that kind of thing where he just can't get out. His team can't get out out of its own way. So, Jade, I want to get your thoughts on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, You know, when you watch them and they, you know, A.J. McCarron, not A.J. McCarron, excuse me, um, Andy Dalton especially. What are your thoughts about Andy Dalton as a franchise quarterback? Um, Well, they beat us in the preseason game the other day. So, um, yeah, not by much. But uh, I – Honestly, I don't pay much attention to the Bengals, um, but they have a lot of they ha- they they actually they have some legit talent um, to really uh, do some things this year um, in their division. Um, I'm not saying I think they'll make the playoffs, but um, I think uh, with Andy Dalton at QB, um, they've got some talent um, on both sides. I think that they have. I mean, they could at least win ten games this season. Now I'm that now I'm giving them too much credit. They can win. They can win eight games this season. <laughs> you got to keep your expectations low so that you don't get disappointed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now um, I'm gonna bring you in here, Dwayne. Last year, uh, Joe Mac- Joe Mixon came on the scene. Of course, you know he had a lot of controversy surrounding him. He appeared to be the goods, so that allows them to depart with Jeremy Hill. But I think what a lot of people are not accounting for, maybe they aren't, is that they're losing two of their best offensive linemen in their center and offensive tackle, uh, Russell Bodine and Andre Smith, uh, respectively. So talk about how that's going to affect their offense. Um, Last year was a dip in their offense. They had been one of the more explosive teams in the league, but last year overall, the offense took a big dip. So um, just talk about losing those two big pillars on the offensive line. Do you expect that hinder their offense this year? Yeah, losing those guys is a huge uh, blow uh, to the offense as a whole. Uh, but, you know, I think it, you shuffle some guys around, um, you know, maybe put Whitworth on the other side. 
and um, you know get some you know develop some talent up at the front of the line get the chemistry going and I think it will be a better fit for uh, Andy Dalton and this uh, Bengals team my concern about the Bengals right now is that are they going to be are they going to be one dimensional? I mean, with Joe, I mean, you got Mixon there, you got Gio Bernard there. Um, with the passing game, do you still? I mean, you got Tyler Eifert. Is he going to be enough of a decoy to allow AJ Green to get open? I mean, AJ Green can catch the ball and double and sometimes triple coverage. I mean, for quite some time, he was one of the top receivers in my book, top 10 receivers in my book. So, um, but it's if Andy Dalton isn't going to be running for his life, he should be okay uh, if they get enough uh, talent to keep the ball, you know, to keep the ball um, moving forward and not backwards. Of course, you want to just you know, that's subjective, but I just think that you know you lose a lot of talent, but. You know, you had the chance to develop the talent, and even with Marvin Lewis, who's somehow surviving this coaching thing, uh, along with the fact that Mike Brown is cheap, so <laughs> they kind of have no choice but to develop the talent because Mike Brown's not going to pay anybody. So there you go. I think that um, with the Bengals, something that they didn't have last year is that, like, their core players, um, they well, at least the ones on defense, um, you know, a good portion of them were rookies last year. Um, or I'm sorry, they were, well, some a lot of them were rookies, but just like their core players were like really young. Um, so now, you know, a lot of them on defense, they have, you know, a little bit more experience under their belt. Um, they, I think they'll be able to better contribute. Um, and then also um, as far as offensive, since they've improved their offensive line, um, they um, are going to have uh their offensive players will make better contributions as well. All right. Cincinnati Bengals looking to rebound after a very disappointing uh, year last year. I was looking for them to, they were going to be one of my sleeper teams last year. I was really kind of high on them, but uh, they had a lot of injuries to start off. And then Andy mm-hmm. Dalton didn't rise up once people started getting hurt and the season just tanked. So now we're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Key additions. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor. Receiver, Jarvis Landry. Offensive tackle, Chris Hubbard. Running back, Carlos Hyde. Cornerback, EJ Gaines. Cornerback, TJ Carey. Quarterback, Drew Stanton. Wide receiver, Jeff Janis. Defensive end, Chris Smith. Cornerback, Terrence Mitchell. And offensive lineman, Donald Stevenson. Their key losses were cornerback, Jamar Taylor. Running back, Isaiah Crowell. Defensive lineman, Danny Shelton. Defensive back, Jason McCourty. And quarterback, Deshaun Kaiser. Their key rookies were number one pick, Baker Mayfield, cornerback Denzel Ward, running back Nick Chubb, and defensive end Chad Thomas. Of course, Cleveland Browns, the perennial laughing stock of the NFL. <laughs> uh, they don't get any love, but. See, I'm laughing now. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um, they actually, in all accounts and by all accords, had one of the most. Uh, substantial drafts in recent history with the Hall of Baker Mayfield at number one, Denzel Ward at number four, and then Nick Chubb in the beginning of the second round. So everybody is putting a lot of um, good mojo towards the Cleveland Browns, maybe not for this year, but their future. 
So, Jade, I'm going to bring you in first. Do you think <laughs> in the next four years <laughs> that the Cleveland Browns can win this division? As long as Jimmy Haslam is the owner of the Cleveland Browns, no. That's your um, hands, though. <laughs> Jimmy Haslam is about as useful as his pilot stations. Um, and they are pretty useless. <laughs> so. Probably got the cheap gas in South Carolina, though. Hold on now. And like cheap yeah, in every sense of quality. the word. Quality. <laughs> in every sense. Your car has probably got all kinds of sludge in it. <laughs> uh, I have a uh, almost a slight disdain for Jimmy Haslam. He is uh, one of the boosters for the Tennessee Volunteers, and he's not a doesn't make good decisions. But that's another <laughs> podcast for another day. Talking about the Browns, they have a real quarterback, but. Um, they have a real quarterback. They've got some talent on both sides of the ball. They beat the Giants in preseason the other day. But again, preseason isn't really telling uh, of, you know, what it's kind of anticlimactic. You know, it's like watching a scrimmage. Um, but, Remember, uh, the Lions went 4-0 in the preseason, went 0-16. Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, but they've got Baker Mayfield. Um, so they do have a real quarterback. They've got some talent on both sides of the ball now. But again, this is the Cleveland Browns. So uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, you can have all the talent in the world on, you know, with the QB. But if your players aren't producing on offense or defense, then it doesn't really matter. All right. Dwayne, I, I just hope that his stock doesn't go down, you know. Bakers? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that, I think that, like, Johnny Menzel was cocky, but Johnny Menzel didn't have the track record to go with it. He had like that one flash of a season. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield's cocky and he's got the four years to go with it or the three plus years to go with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that that's going to be the difference maker for him. People can go back and if he asks you, if they ask him, hey man, why do you have such this great attitude? He can go, well, hey, look at this in my sophomore year, in my, you know, senior year, my junior year. I did all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, I think that's going to help him out. Now, Dwayne, I'm going to ask you the same question. Do you think that the Browns in four years can win the AFC North with this collection of young players that they've added through this draft? Come on, man. This is a tough question, man. You have to this is this is this is a general manager thing. You have to project. You can't be like the Redskins and only think season to season. You gotta think like farther out than just what's in front of your nose, man. You got a point. So um and I can kind of – I mean, there's nowhere to go but up for the Browns. I mean, they're 0-16. They're one for the last 31. So – Oh, my God. Um, yeah, this pretty and much – Here I am talking about the Bears. <laughs> this is why I always tell people, like, like every single time I, my sister and my mom talks bad about the Panthers, I'm like, we could be the Browns. <laughs> so, it could be worse. Right. So, I'm like – I've seen, I've seen the one in fifteen season. I've seen the two and fourteen. Never seen the zero and sixteen. Thank you, Lord. But one one in fifteen is bad enough as it is. So I think they have the chance. It's always a chance. I mean, but you got Pittsburgh and you got Baltimore in your division. So and you, and as long as um, Dalton and Green are healthy and around, and if they could get a different head coach, Cincinnati's around. So. They have a chance to win the division in four years, but you still got to find a way to get through at least 
mainly Pittsburgh and Baltimore. I mean, that's going to be really the the because um, they're in the class of the division, and you know they're the models of consistency, and the Browns are the models of inconsistency. Yes, they're trying to change that culture, and they did have a very excellent draft with um, Mayfield and Warren and Ward at four, but. And bringing in Tyron Taylor, Jarvis Landry, like they overhauled this whole team practically. And if it was Josh Gordon gets his life together and can focus on the football field without any distractions, he's going to be. Think about that. Uh, Two headed monster Landry and and um, Gordon. I mean, you got a vertical threat in Gordon and a horizontal threat in Landry. I mean, let's face it, Jarvis Landry is the only person we know that will get. 11 catches and has 77 yards because he runs east and west instead of north and south. So, um, he's good at getting away from people, but he never goes up the field. So, um, they have a very good running back room Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, um, and Carlos Carlos Hyde. Yeah, so be a nice three headed, three headed monster there. So, I mean, this has the, the Browns have a, like I said, there's nowhere to go but up. I mean, if Hugh Jackson can't do anything with this, then he definitely needs to be gone after this season. I'm still surprised that he still has a job as a real one at 31 in the last two seasons. Like a lot of times when when coaches um, keep their jobs like that, it's because they're cheap. They're probably not paying them a lot. So Jimmy to- Haslam cheap. Exactly. exactly. What did we just say? We just well, said. I mean, that's but that that happens to a lot. Unfortunately, that happens to a lot of first time coordinator head coaches who aren't like coming in from college or something. So Hugh Jackson is in the first. He's been a head coach before. Oh yeah, but it, I don't think anybody counted that in Oakland as no head coaching's really chance. I think they kind of. I think they kind of be like, nah, that really didn't happen. They don't even hold that against them. Al Davis was cheap and kept him. That's what happened. <laughs> Jackson's like the cheap option right now. And See, it's he, like everything, just when I thought the Bears front office was bad, and then it's like, wait, there's always, like in every instance, you always have, you can always say there's always the Browns. Oh, the Bears aren't that good, but there's always the Browns. There's always the The Browns. Bears front office sucks. There's always, always the, the Browns. Browns. <laughs> the Bears ownership sucks, but there's always the, the Browns. Browns. I'm sorry for every bad thing I said about the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> So but, no more hate, but it goes back. So yeah, so now you bring up the whole cheap option. It seems like the owners in Ohio are just that, just that. Mike Brown is cheap. We know that that's been well documented. Like hell, the Bengals still don't have a, a practice facility. Like, that they is practice crazy. Yeah, they practice. At, I think they practice at the University of Cincinnati a lot. So they don't have their own training facility, and. Jimmy Haslam, I mean, he won't, I mean, he's definitely not going to pay for two head coaches, so he's going to let Hugh Jackson suffer and suffer and suffer. I mean, we know Cleveland has been known as a black hole of sports until, you know, LeBron and them won the title uh, a couple, a few years ago, but um, the foundation did start with the first and fourth pick, because remember, the that year, the Cavs drafted Irving and the, the interest in Thompson. Now all they got to do is get some kind of superstar to come to Cleveland. Hard thing to do. But 
And they have a cheap owner in Dan Gilbert. Oh my gosh. Cleveland <laughs> like the place of cheap owners. I just thought about that. You have to be frugal, man. It's the Midwest. You know, they got hard winters and there's not a lot of attractions, you know, uh for for that part of the country if you're not a roller coaster fan. So, you know, they have to be more uh, you know, frugal and conservative with their spending because it just goes along with the area of the country they live in. Yeah. And I think Ohio does have some dope roller coasters. Just saying. Oh, for sure. Cedar Point, Kings Island. Oh, yeah. The best. The best in the world. Yeah. Too so. bad they don't have the football team in the match. <laughs> right. I mean, football have... teams with an S. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, um, like I said, don't worry about up for the Browns at this point. I think that, I think that, uh, like I said, Hugh Jackson can't do anything with this. With this pool of talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball, which is his specialty, then he then they got to go in a different direction again. All right, so we'll go. We'll leave it at that. Next up, the final team in the division: the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their key additions: safety Morgan Burnett, inside linebacker John Bostic. Their key losses: offensive tackle Chris Hubbard, cornerback William Gay, free safety Mike Mitchell, wide receiver Martavius Bryant, and linebacker Arthur Motes. Their key rookies. Safety Terrell Edmonds, wide receiver James Washington, and quarterback Mason Rudolph. So we're presumably in the last year of Le'Veon Bell being a Steeler because they franchised him twice, and I don't think they're going to pay him a huge, huge, huge contract uh, to keep him on the team. We may be in the final year of Ben Roethlisberger as he's contemplated retirement the past couple of seasons but really sounded set on it after they got beat by Jacksonville in the playoffs. So we've got, uh, you know, a team that's kind of had very high expectations last year. Everybody thought that they were going to be able to knock off the Patriots and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. They didn't even get to the AFC championship game. So, Jade, what do you see for the Steelers this year when you look at them from the outside looking in? Are they going to be able to keep all this turmoil that they have around their team? Are they going to be able to, you know, suppress that enough to make one final run at the Super Bowl? Oh. Well, considering that they are the most talented team in the division, um, they're still, um, you know, have to go their entire season without uh, Ryan Shavier, um, which obviously had an effect on um, a negative effect on the team last year. But um, I think that, I mean, with Rapey Ben um, in <laughs> select QB, I mean, he's a good quarterback. He's just a shitty person. But um, uh I mean, he's a good quarterback, but I think that the Steelers can make a run. Uh, do I think they're going to make it all the way to the Super Bowl? Probably. I don't know. Let me take that back. No, they won't make the Super Bowl, but they'll they'll have a good run in the playoffs. Um, and like I said, I mean, yesterday they beat the, the defending Super Bowl champs, but again, preseason's not really um, indicative of what you're going to do in the regular season. So, again, another fun team to watch, um, especially when they're playing the Ravens. Um but, yeah, we'll see. All right. Dwayne, I'm going to bring you in on Pittsburgh. Um, they're going to be having a new offense this year as they got rid of Todd Haley. He's now up in Cleveland. So Ben's going <laughs> to presumably have some more. He's Every gonna, time you say Cleveland, it just makes us laugh. He's going to presumably, I guess, have some more freedom, some more explosiveness added into this offense. Um, what do you see from Ben Roethlisberger and what could potentially be his final year as a Pittsburgh Steeler, can he lead them to the promised land? Oh, 
you see the way Jacksonville whooped up on Ben Roethlisberger last year? Twice. It's like they, twice. twice. Exactly. <laughs> they took that man's soul. Like it was like <laughs> it was just like watching it go into an urn or something. I don't know. <laughs> um. So I I don't think I think I mean if you barely could move around the pocket when when he gets banged up like that. Uh, they have what, like Jay said, they have the talent. Like it's all there, but I just don't think in this. La- I mean, it's highly possible, but not probable. Uh, the sun is setting on Big Ben too, huh? Yes, like I think it's it's probably an eclipse at this point because, um, like those games against Jacksonville, like he was a shell of himself and. And the way they went, the way they went out, and I think, I mean, they tried to make it a game in the end, but we saw that game. That Jacksonville was, Jacksonville was flying up and down the field, running circles around, around that man, and and he was just a sitting duck every single time, and when the Jags just feasted on him, and so I don't see it. I just don't see it at this point happening for for the. Uh, for Roethlisberger. That's one of the reasons why Mason Rudolph came in. I mean, Roethlisberger already said he's not going to mentor. He's probably doing, he's doing the Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers move in terms of like, yeah, I'm not going to take him under my wing, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, so he's probably just going to let, let him figure it out on his own. Um, of course, you know, Le'Veon Bell, this is his, like you said, it's probably his last Haraz the Steeler. I mean, we know how the running back wall hits at 30 and it goes downhill from there and the Steelers are afraid to pay him. Um, so it's, it's going to be a transition. I, if Roethlisberger can stay upright, then they have a chance. But if he's going to be getting sacked on every single possession, I can't say he's going <laughs> to run for his life because he can't run with him. So. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> All right. So at this point, we're gonna go to again. Who do you guys think is gonna finish first and through fourth in the division? So this time, I'll start with Dwayne. Uh, give us the order of finish for the AFC North. Well, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Cleveland. <laughs> hey, you stole my answer. Stop looking at my paper. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes uh, emoji. Okay, so Jade, you had the same order. I did. All right. Uh, I don't know. Do I want to put the Bengals in front of Baltimore this year? That's my, kind of my only question. So I'll do that. I'll go Pittsburgh, the Bengals, Baltimore, and the Browns. Interesting. As my uh, as the division this year. So. So you have to say Cleveland because we already know where they're going to be. We already know where they stand. <laughs> Now, for some just NFL news and notes, um, this is really, really hurtful to my soul. Redskin running back Darius Geis is out for the season with a torn ACL that he suffered uh, Thursday night against the Patriots. Um, just got to see a few flashes, and it was going to be great. And now we got to wait till next year. So, speedy recovery for him, and hopefully next year he can come back and be injury-free. Moment of silence. Please. Man, those ACL tears are nothing nice. I've never torn my ACL, but it's just, man. Yeah. Knees ain't the same after that. And you know who you never trust? The player. 
because he's like, oh, that's it's fine, it's fine, it's all right. It'll be. <laughs> he just want to play. All right, awesome. <laughs> I'm good. Like he already knows. Like oh crap. I, like sir, your stupid. your leg is hanging off of the I'll rest fly. of your body. I can do it. I can hop into the red zone. Okay. Um. <laughs> Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater both were very impressive uh, for the Jets in their preseason opener. So that quarterback controversy is alive and well. And Saquon Barkley, he went for 35 yards on his first carry as a professional uh, in their game uh, the other night. So uh, very impressive uh, debuts for some of these rookies. Uh, Sam Darnold looked really good. I actually was watching some of that at the bar last night. Uh, They were moving him around. Um, He did pretty good in the red zone. Uh, so, uh, you know, it may not be a foregone conclusion that Teddy Bridgewater is going to just win the job outright. They might actually start the kid. Yeah. As they probably should. I think he was the most ready in, uh, out of all the quarterbacks anyway. So, um, good pickup for the Jets, a big steal. And, and, um, and he looks good doing it. Hopefully he wins the job for, from Teddy. You know, I don't think Teddy, I mean, Teddy looked good, but, you know, I'm still worried. I think once smacks that knee, it's going to be a wrap. All right. Now, Miss J to the match, before we go into our shout outs and thank yous, let's talk about your other favorite passion in the fall besides the Chicago Bears. That is the SEC and particularly the Tennessee Balls. Uh, you guys are coming in with a new coach this year. Got rid of Butch mm-hmm. Jones and everything that that came with. Hallelujah. Woo, <laughs> boy. So Ooh, give us baby. a few minutes on, um, you know, some players to look out for this year for Tennessee. What you think about the new coach and kind of what would be a good season in your eyes coming off of this coaching change? Coming off the coaching change, I'll just be like, I already know we're not going to beat Alabama. But then again, I don't know that because we have their former defensive coordinator. Um, but uh, looking forward to uh, Jeremy Pruitt's team. Um, last year, we finished four and eight. So um, as long as we do better than that, um, again, you got to set the bar low uh, so you don't get disappointed. Um, but um, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Jared Grantano. I can never say his name right. I just call him the G-Man, our QB. Um, you know, he's he's a year older um, and it's really, you know, he's he's our starter. So it's up to him. Uh, get some offense going. Um, I'm not worried about our defense because, again, like I said, we got Alabama's former defensive coordinator. So, um, I mean, he had top defense in the nation um, when he was uh, at Alabama. So looking forward to uh, some defensive scoring as well. Um, I mean, again, it is his first year, so it's a rebuild season for us. Um, but hopefully uh, we can at least uh, – I'd be just happy if we made a bowl game. Um but there's a lot that the Vols have to adjust, um, not just on the field, but off the field, um, team morale, uh, things like that. You know, the Butch Jones era, team morale wasn't really there, and that definitely has an effect uh, with your on-the-field on play. So um, looking forward to uh, to this season for us. Uh, Pruitt's a good recruiter. Um, we've got some some good talent coming in, three, four-star, well, four, three and four-star um players so yeah it'll be an exciting season um again i'm not gonna like i don't expect us to go 12 and 0 but uh at least make a bowl game okay um what about you talk about your quarterback right right fast before we you know that's always a g-man question. yeah the boy's got a rocket for an arm um 
and under he was Butch Jones underutilized a lot of players, um, and that was one of the downfalls um, of his tenure. Um, just underutilizing players, um, I feel like he should have used uh, Guarantano a lot more. So I'm looking forward. He's got the receivers. Um, his confidence is there. He's got the arm. So we've got all new coaches. Uh, so it'll be it's fun watching him play. The boy, he can run. Uh, he can throw. He's just he's he's a great all around. Uh, you know, a lot of QBs. You know, they can either throw or they can run. There aren't that many that can do both. Um, you know, we did have Josh Dobbs who could do both. Um, but uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing G Man do a lot more on the field. All right, so a little bit of a Tennessee preview as well to go with the NFC North and AFC North previews as well. So. Um, be looking out for Jade on Twitter during football season. She's definitely crazy about her balls. So do not go at the balls the wrong way towards her. You already know because ball Twitter will come for you. I will <laughs> lead. I, I will lead the lynch mob. <laughs> I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to get swallowed in orange. I refuse. So you think I do that, not want those problems. I know that, but at were, least I'm. I'm a little more realistic than some of the other balls did. So a lot of them were just a little ridiculous. I'm like, all right, guys, we really do suck. Let's just, you know, be plain and clear. Or at least under Butch Jones we did. But I try um, to get through Knoxville as quickly as I can. <laughs> <laughs> well, Darth Pluto, he actually lives in Knoxville. So <laughs> Yeah, he does. So um, you, you think you're going to be able to escape the Drake curse? Because and I know me and you taught, and there's that picture. Well, yeah, because Drake now he's wearing, he's wearing Missouri sweatshirts now, so we're oh, good. Okay. Switched off. Oh, oh. <laughs> anybody, anybody that knows me know. well, he can keep the Missouri stuff on, because anybody that knows me knows how I feel about Missouri. <laughs> Monk the zoo all day, every day. Uh, all yeah. day. All right, so at this point, Jade, I'll open it up to you for your thank yous and shout outs. And a final thought, if you had a final thought as well, I'm sorry. Final thoughts? Uh, This is fun. Um, But um, thanks to Don and Dwayne for having me. Clearly, I love Don if I woke up this early on a Saturday morning to record a (laughs) podcast. Um, But uh, thanks for having me and hope i can come back again soon no problem thanks for coming and thank you so we much. love to have you Dwayne? i'll do my homework next time it was a long week <laughs> Dwayne, your uh shout out some final thoughts well thank you jay for coming you did awesome um shout out to jesse and the bias all the listeners on the cspn all the podcast hosts whether you like me or not um you say podcast hoes <laughs> hosts Oh. No, I would no not 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 the hose, but um hose do you love too, but no not not in this case. <laughs> um but yeah, so my final thought, um the Premier League is back. Um uh, season started yesterday with uh Manchester United. Um they they unfortunately won, but I wasn't surprised. Uh, most of the league is in full swing. There's a couple games tomorrow, uh, including uh, Liverpool uh, playing at nine eight thirty in the morning. So I'll probably be up early to watch that. But uh, but it's good to have um, 
Premier League soccer bag, probably the best soccer league in the world, I, I in my opinion. Um, there's always a lot of excitement, a lot of unpredictability. Anybody has a shot to beat anybody, uh, regardless of how much you spend or how much talent you have. Uh, anything can happen in the league. And, uh, but aside from that, you know, it's a sign that, you know, fall is coming and the best time of year is coming around October. So can't wait for that. All right. I'd like to thank Jade and Dwayne for joining me to help review or preview, excuse me, the AFC North and the NFC North and get a little Tennessee talking there as well. I'd like to thank everybody here on the CSPN. Please check out uh, the Patreon site at www.patreon.com forward slash CSPN media. Uh, if you sign up and become a backstage member, you get some uh, exclusive content that we have up on the Patreon that we will, that we will that we are currently uh, refreshing and updating. So uh, there's a lot of cool things over there for you guys to check out. So please consider becoming a patron of the CSPN. My final thought will be about NASCAR. It was the best of times and it was the worst of times <laughs> in less than 24 hours. As on Sunday, Chase Elliott, the heir apparent to the Jeff Gordon throne, after 99 starts, finally won his first uh, cup race. Uh, it's been a long time coming. It's a universal uh, you know, win throughout the whole, all of NASCAR. All the drivers were excited. All the fans were excited. Um, there's a lot of similarities to his Hall of Fame father. Um, Chase Elliott had finished uh, second eight times, just like his dad. His dad also won his first race on a road course as well, and Watkins Glen is a road course. Uh, Bill Elliott was there helping him out on Sunday, so it was just a, a really good story, feel-good story for NASCAR. Really, um, this is what everybody's been waiting for. He's the most popular driver. He's the guy that everybody just needs to win. As long as he starts winning, then NASCAR can put their full muscle of promotion behind them and kind of put themselves back on the map with him as the face. Um, and then on Monday, less than 24 hours later, the CEO of NASCAR got arrested for drunken driving and uh, illegal prescription drugs. So um, for the brightest of sunshines came the darkest of clouds uh, for NASCAR in less than 24 hour period. So your imagery is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of people are t talking about how Brian France, who is the CEO of NASCAR, he really isn't like uh, in your face type of CEO. He doesn't really show up at a lot of events. He shows up at the beginning of the season to kind of give you a state of NASCAR. He kind of shows up at the end and at the award ceremonies, but he's not that visible. So a lot of people were debating about you know, did this take away from Chase and was there too much negativity on, you know, focusing on Brian France. So it's just a weird week for NASCAR in general, but hopefully, uh, you know, Chase can follow it up with another impressive uh, showing or another win here in the next couple of weeks. And everybody can forget about this Brian France thing and just focus on Chase Elliott coming to the front and, you know, establishing him, himself as the newest star of NASCAR. So good luck to him and all the young guys that are, you know, going to be chasing him for years to come. So, on that note, for my co-host, Dwayne, and our special guest, Jade to the Max, I'm Don Delamente, and now you know the score.